So greetings from uh, Orlando, Florida, and originally uh, I'm out of Memphis, Tennessee, 50 years in Memphis, Tennessee, about 13 years down in Orlando. I moved south to be around, around all the northerners, because there's no southerners in Orlando that I could find. I mean, it's all northerners down there. I mean, there are quite a few gators down there. Go gators. All right. Got two or three here. We either, actually, I saw a gator shirt. Who had the gator shirt? Yeah, I saw a gator shirt earlier. All right. But again, uh, our money and our daughter went to Ole Miss, so uh, hotty toddy, go Rebels. I'm invested. I'm still paying Ole Miss, amen. So I'm, I'm an Ole Miss fan, whether I want to be or not, all right? I bought a sorority house in Ole Miss. <laughs> Didn't know I was going to have to do that, amen. <laughs> anyway, I love you. This is one of my very, very, very favorite places to come. Uh, it all started years ago, believe it or not, in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. This is, this, is how I, this is how I end up here, Pittsburgh. I'm in a men's conference in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, amen? And I'll buy 300 men at this conference. And I'm walking down the hall of this church in Pittsburgh, okay? And I, I see this big guy standing over against the wall. And he's got this big old A on his head, you know, on his hat, you know? And he's going, love you, sir. <laughs> love you, sir. I said, well, he's not from Pittsburgh, Everybody walked by, he'd go, love you, sir. You know who I'm talking about, amen? So I went up and introduced myself, and we got connected. The next thing I know, I'm in Arab, Alabama. Of course, he had to tell me that name three or four times. Is there really a city called Arab, Alabama? Yeah, it's Arab, Alabama, amen? So I met Pastor Keith in Pittsburgh, ended up down here. It's never been the same since, amen? Started off preaching in the old building over there, and uh, yeah, we just play basketball over here, <laughs> okay? Amen. And they put me up, you know, they got an apartment upstairs there, a little place. It's kind of a strange place. They put me up there, you know, sometimes. No, there's no windows up there at all. I mean, it's nice, but there's no windows up there, and it, it's, it's, it's kind of different, especially when that chicken coop, the wind starts blowing the right direction, you know. <laughs> it gives the church a certain flavor, you know what I'm saying? Y'all know what I'm talking about, amen? But, <laughs> you know, it depends on the direction of the wind. Anyway, I do have a message today about uh, our part and God's part. Oh, yeah, on my books, I've got a couple of books that I've written, working on a third one, one called Hear His Voice, Be His Voice, How to Know When God's Talking to You and How to Obey. How do you know for sure it's God? What is he saying, and how do you respond? Hear his voice, be his voice. And then my book I wrote a few years ago called Redeeming Your Past and Finding Your Promised Land. For years, it's kind of freaked me out in a, in a prophetic way. Lord, let's move prophetic. I see people. And you can see the call of God on their life, and you can see what God's trying to do, but they're so far away from it. You know, the enemy wants to keep you out of your promised land. Your promised land is that place God's called you to be, doing what God created you to do. And there's been a scheme against your life, your entire life, to keep you away from that. And this book is, teaches you how to get over that stuff, how to get over the schemes of the enemy, how to break free, how to get healed, and how to get into what God's called you to do. So redeeming your past, finding your promised land, Hear his voice, be his voice. We had to pack it up, but they're on Amazon.com, okay? So just check it out, Dr. Ray Self, Amazon.com, okay? If you order in the next 10 minutes, that's my favorite plea, okay? You can get, instead of $10 each, you can get two for 25 okay? <laughs> this is in Alabama. Most people in Alabama go for that kind of stuff. It's like, really? <laughs> now, when I tell that joke down in Orlando, they just look at me like, what are you talking about? But down in Alabama, people go, okay. <laughs> no, just kidding. Just kidding. Amen. I'll, I'll be good. I got, I got to preach. I'll be out of here for long, okay? C can I just tell one true Auburn story? Is that? I can't tell. 
I can tell an Auburn story because this was on the news. Some of y'all may have heard it. It's true that this actually happened. Auburn was beginning their practice, okay? You know, they're, they're just now starting their practice, amen? And uh, this on the news, I don't know if you heard it, but they found this. They were on the field, and all of a sudden somebody discovered a white powdery substance on the field. And so they immediately got all the players off the field, got all the coaches off the field. They called the police. They called the FBI, and they, they, they picked up this substance so they could analyze it to see what it was. Because, you know, in this day, you got to be careful in this day and age, amen? So after a, a lot of analysis, they determined that it was just chalk from the goal line. And there was nothing to worry about because Auburn players would never come near it anyway. <laughs> Pretty good, okay. Amen. Okay. All my old tired people going, yeah, yeah, yeah. Now listen, you Auburn folks could say that same story and just kind of put Alabama's name in there. Folks, uh, we're in a natural world that's being attacked by a spiritual world, and we need the Holy Spirit. I just want to, I just feel like I have a little bit more time for this session. I just want to share a quick story, a quick testimony with you. Because it just, uh, this is the turning point in my life. You know what I'm talking about? I'm talking turning point in my life. Back around 1986, my life fell to pieces in a very, very, very big way. I, I was a very successful businessman. I was doing a, a lot of things right. And all of a sudden, everything that could go wrong went wrong. I mean, some really awful stuff. And I'll just tell you a few of the awful things that happened. And I will tell you how God intervened. So, I'm in a, I own a business. I actually own a, a store called National Appliance Factory Outlet, Olive Branch, Mississippi. Actually, a very successful business. Uh, I ended up selling it to a guy who didn't know what he was doing. And after I sold it, the guy who didn't know this business only lasted about 90 days because the guy bought the store and he had no idea what he was doing. So next thing I know, he files a suit in federal court and accuses me of racketeering. And I'm facing a racketeer. I was sued for a million dollars in federal court with an accusation of racketeering or conspiracy to commit fraud. And I'm freaking out. Oh, my. I mean, I'm just absolutely, I'm embarrassed. I'm freaking out. There was no truth to it. Amen. Then about that same time, my business had been pretty successful. And I found out that for some reason, and I really cannot totally explain this, but my secretary, my payroll secretary, had not paid payroll taxes in 18 months. Now, if you own a business, you know that that's very, very, very serious. And I want to tell you something. The IRS takes that very serious. So next thing you know, the IRS calls me into their office, and they told me if I did not personally pay those payroll taxes, and it was about $13,000, bucks, which I didn't have at that time, that they were going to back a truck up to my house. On De I'll never forget this. This is in September. They said, sir, we'll give you to December 10th, and if you don't pay those payroll taxes, we're going to back a truck up to your house and take everything you own. That's the IRS. I mean, those guys were tough, amen? Then I found out that there were some things going on in my marriage that was really, really bad. I found out that my son was into some stuff that was very, very bad. I was a complete wreck. I was a total, I mean, I was a wreck. I mean, things were rough. So one day my mama said, Ray, I got a friend of mine, his name is John Boatwright, and he prays for people in his house. And I was over there the other day, and I saw him pray for uh, my friend, and it's, it's, they said she could never have a baby. Now she's pregnant. And I saw him pray for somebody else. He had one leg shorter than the other, and I saw a leg grow out. I said, what? He said, yeah, you need to come meet John Boatwright. And I said, sure, I'll go meet him. 
So I walk over to John Boatwright's house or drive over to his house. I walk into his house. I walked in and done this. And I'm, I'm a nervous wreck. I'm depressed. I'm upset. I'm stressed. I'm everything you could possibly not want to be. Amen. I walked into his house. I got three steps inside his door. And he says, hey, Ray. Hey, John. You ever heard of the baptism of the Holy Spirit? And I said, nope. I have no idea what you're talking about. Because I was a good old Baptist boy, and I just didn't know. We didn't talk about that too much in the Southern Baptist Church. I love the Southern Baptist now. I'm not criticizing. I'm just saying, in my church, we didn't talk about that. And I said, well, baptism of the Holy Spirit, what's that? So he showed me scripture after scripture after scripture on the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Acts, Acts 1, 8. He showed me Acts 10, Acts 19, Acts 8. And I said, I want that. I don't know what it is, but I want it. And he sat me down in a chair like one of these chairs right here, and began to pray for me. And the, I don't know what he said. It was something like, Lord, I baptize Ray with the Holy Spirit or something like that. And I'm sitting in this chair, and all of a sudden, I felt this weird feeling, like somebody was pouring warm oil all over my body. It was like this warm feeling kept coming all over my body. I'm thinking, man, that's kind of, who's, what is that? But, but it felt good. And I realized I felt peace. I felt peace. Now, I, I had no peace, and I felt peace. And all of a sudden, I felt this spirit of love. I felt more love than I've ever felt any time in my life. I felt loved. I felt loved. Now, I'm a wreck, and all of a sudden, in the midst of my life, is terrible. I feel perfect peace and perfect love. And I was just thinking, all I was thinking was, I don't know what this is, but this is really good. Ooh, this is so good. This is so good. And then I remember feeling that this was very, very, very powerful. My mother was sitting in the room, and I don't know how long I sat in this chair. I heard her going, hey, Ray, 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 you okay? And all I'm thinking, all I'm thinking, shh, shh, be quiet. I don't know what this is, but this is so good. This is so good. This is so good. <laughs> and my life changed. And my life changed. And he looked at me, and he said, Ray, you're going to look at the Bible, and you're going to see things you've never seen before. I said, really? Okay, that's kind of interesting. He said, I'll tell you what else you're going to do. I said, you're going to lay hands on people who are sick. And they're going to get well. I said, oh, really? I'm going to do that. Yep, you're going to do that. And he said, you're probably going to start speaking with a funny tongue. I said, I'm going to speak with a funny tongue? I said, well, I, he said, do you feel any funny words in your mouth? No, don't feel nothing there, John. I'm sorry about that one. Don't feel nothing. Okay. So I'm sorry. You know, he said, okay, okay. I want to tell you something. My life radically changed. Actually, I'm driving home in my car. I just start speaking in tongues. You can take that. I'm just telling you what happened to me. Amen. And from that day forward, I literally, church became fun. The Bible became alive. I mean, I had this peace that passed all understanding. Yeah, I had problems. I still had problems, amen. But you know what? I had power and I had peace to overcome, amen. I am passionate about the Holy Spirit. You know, you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and then you shall be my witness. I'm passionate about that. I began to prophesy. I began to, I went to this charismatic church. Freak me out, man. I go to this charismatic church, and I, I can't find the hymnals. Where are the doggone hymnals? Where, why come people are wearing blue jeans to church? Are you kidding me? People wearing blue jeans to church. My church, you wore a suit and a tie, amen? And they had the words up on the screen, and they were playing guitar up on stage, and they had a bass player and a guitar, and they were singing and singing and singing and singing. I said, wait a minute, you're supposed to sing the first, first, third, and fourth verse. And you do two hymns, that's it. Not this church. They sang, and they sang, and they sang. I go, man, this church sings a lot. 
But boy, it is good. It is good, and I liked it. The Holy Spirit. So if I'm passionate about the Holy Spirit, I just know what happened to me. I, I can tell you, I just know what happened to me. And so today, I want to tell you, we're in, a, we're in a struggle, folks, and you need the Holy Spirit. We're in a battle, and you need the Holy Spirit. So, yeah, am I passionate? Absolutely, I'm passionate. Amen? I've seen some stuff, folks. I've seen miracles. I've, I've seen incredible. I've seen blind eyes healed. I was in Guatemala. I saw a guy. I prayed for a guy with a leg. that was A guy had a broken leg in Guatemala. There's no doctor within hours. Prayed for him. He got up and walked all over the church. He was in broken leg, no cast, no bandage, nothing. He's in church with a broken leg. Anyway, I could tell story after story. What I'm trying to tell you is we need the Holy Spirit. Paul said in Ephesians 6:12, our struggle is not against flesh and blood. So our struggle is not against flesh and blood. You know what I mean? The war we're in is not against people. It's not against the Democrats. Amen. It's against flesh and blood. Or whoever you are. I'm not trying to get political. But the war, our battle's not against people. It's against the enemy. It is the enemy. Our battle's not against flesh and blood, but against rulers and powers, against world forces of this darkness, against spiritual forces of wickedness and heavenly places. We have a battle. You're in a fight. Well, I don't want to be in a fight. Well, too bad. I mean, I'm sorry, but you're in a battle. Satan is trying to take you out. Matter of fact, what he's really trying to do is stop you from being successful for God. He's trying to stop you from your purpose. He's trying, when he'll attack you, the devil doesn't care about you, but he does care about you doing anything that glorifies God. The devil's after your children. He's, the devil's after your children. He's after your marriage. Have you not figured that out yet? Amen? Amen? He's after our nation. Have you not figured that out? He's, he's already conquered the media. Most of it. Not all of it, thank God. Amen? He, he's, he's conquered a lot of churches. He's done. We're in a war. I don't want to be in a war, but we're in a war, and we need the Holy Spirit to, do, to win. We need the Holy Spirit. You have to have the Holy Spirit to win this war. You may not want to fight, but I can't help it. The battle's already started. The battle's already started. I don't like to fight, but the battle's already started, and I don't tell you what, if I'm going to fight, I want to win. If I'm going to fight, I want to win. And with God, you will not lose. And am I passionate about the Holy Spirit? I am, because he glorifies Jesus. He made the Bible come alive. He's allowed me to prophesy. He's allowed me to heal the sick. He's allowed me to preach the word. He's allowed me to plant a school. He's allowed me to do a whole lot of stuff. He sent me to Liberty Church, which is an amazing church. This church is incredible. It's amazing. I love this church. I mean, who could not love this church? There's a couple people here that, you know. <laughs> But for the most part, <laughs> you know, you got some rednecks here. I, I want to tell you. I was doing some of those Jeff Foxworthy, you might be a redneck joke, and the people in the church were going, that's not funny. <laughs> that's the truth. It's all right, okay, all right. God said the power of the Holy Spirit would dwell within us. 1 Corinthians 6, 19. Do you not know that your body is a temple of the Holy Spirit who is in you, whom you have from God, you are not your own? Now listen, I was taught that the moment you're saved, you get, you get everything from God. This is what I believe theologically. I believe the Holy Spirit does a lot of things. I believe it takes a work of the Holy Spirit for you to be born again. If you're going to be born again, it takes a work of the Holy Spirit. It does. You cannot be born again and adopted and saved and have eternal life without a work of the Holy Spirit. 
But the Holy Spirit does a lot of things. There's another thing the Holy Spirit wants to do. Hear me. There's another thing the Holy Spirit wants to do, and that is give you power. See, I had salvation, but I did not have the power. And I need, you need salvation, but you also need power. Jesus said, now I think Jesus knew what he's talking about, right? He says, behold, Luke uh, 24, 49, behold, I'm sending forth the promise of my Father upon you, but you are to stay in the city till you're clothed with power from on high. He said, wait and get clothed with power. And then in Acts 1, 8, you shall receive power. This is Jesus talking. You shall receive what? power when the Holy Spirit's come upon you, and then, and then, and then you shall be a witness. You know what a witness of Christ does? A witness of Christ does the same thing Jesus did. If you're witnessing Christ, you do what Jesus did. What did Jesus do? He healed the sick. He raised the dead. He cast out demons. John 14, 12 says, those that believe in me, Jesus said, will do the same works that I did and even greater works. So if you believe in Jesus, the Holy Spirit gives you power to do what Jesus did. And if you really want to be a witness for Christ, well, yeah, you should live a Christ-like life. But if you're going to live a Christ-like life, you should be living supernaturally. If you're going to be an example of what it means to be a Christian, be supernatural. Because that's what Christians were. I love history. I was reading something just about a, a couple of weeks ago. And our, the, the story was... Is there evidence for Christ outside of the Bible? And so actually, in this article, was quoting several ancient Roman writers. And one of the writers commented about this sect of people in Rome called Christians. And he said, there's a group of people called Christians, and they do supernatural things. The Romans noted that the Christians did supernatural things. This is a pagan guy, even recognized Christians, but they did supernatural things. This is the scripture that convinced me. Acts 8, 14 through 16. Now, I want you just to pay, think about this. When the apostles in Jerusalem heard that Samaria had received the word of God, they sent in Peter and John. Now, listen. The people in Samaria had received the word of God. The Bible says, actually... And it, well, they sent, let me read the rest. They sent them Peter and John, who came down and prayed for them that they might receive the Holy Spirit. For they had not yet, he had not yet fallen on any of them. They had simply been baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. So you got people in Samaria, Philip went up to Samaria, started to preach Jesus, and people were getting saved, and it says they received the word and they were baptized in the name of Jesus Christ. Let me tell you something. Any church in America, if you receive the word of God and you get baptized, that's what I call salvation. That is salvation. But then he said, but the Holy Spirit had not fallen. So the apostles travel up, and they have to walk up there. It probably took them a week or so. They have to go up and lay hands that they might receive the Holy Spirit because the apostles knew these Christians needed the power. They had salvation. Now they needed the power. And the apostles went up and prayed for them that they might receive the Holy Spirit. There it is. right? And it's not me saying this. It's the Bible saying this. Not only the Bible said this, but I experienced this. Radical change. Now, in fact, also after I received the baptism of the Holy Spirit, I went into ministry. <laughs> Amen. I was a businessman. I had a complete radical change. By the way, the federal racketeering charge, the hearing came, and the judge threw it out. 
threw it out of court. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. And the, the IRS, all the money owed the IRS, I have no idea how, but I paid it out of my pocket. I was able to pay it. Still got my furniture. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> Amen. Amen. So the enemy is not people. The enemy is Satan. Now, the reason I went into the baptism of the Holy Spirit is this is about our part and God's part. But in order to do what God is asking you to do, you need the baptism. You need to be filled with the Holy Spirit. You cannot really do what God's asking you to do without the Holy Spirit. You see, to be a Christian, you have to have power to be a Christian. It takes power. Well, you know, we got to live sanctified. We've got to live holy. Try doing that in your flesh. You, you try to be sanctified and holy and, you know, I, I'm holy and I, I'm walking with God. and I'm, Try it in your flesh. How does that work? It doesn't really work. It takes power to walk as a Christian. It really does. I'm going to tell you, my flesh does all kinds of stuff. I'm always thinking of Alabama jokes. Some of them really bad. <laughs> it's hard, man. Don't y'all get tired of winning championships? Amen. I'm so tired of that stuff. I'm conflicted. You know, actually, it's weird. My Florida, my father played a year at Alabama, played football for Alabama. And thank you, Jesus, he got transferred to Memphis, Tennessee to play for a little college up there where he met my mama. See, if it weren't for that, I wouldn't be here. So, amen. Okay, so I kind of owe Alabama just a little bit. Just, just a little, just little bit, a little bit, a little bit, a little bit. Okay. Not much, just a little bit. Well, I wouldn't be here if it weren't for Alabama football. Wow, I need to repent. <laughs> I'm just not feeling it yet. But I should repent. I'm just not feeling it. Okay. <laughs> so the enemy is not people, it's Satan. Now, sometimes what we're doing is, now the reason for the power is, so many times, we, this is our part, God parts. We petition God to do things he's told us to do. Now, listen, I love to pray, but so many times, what we, we spend our whole Christian life, oh, Lord, will you please, please, Lord, help my husband. Please, Lord, help my children. Please, Lord, please, Lord, I, can't, I don't have any money. Help my finances. Lord, please, please, Lord, please heal me. Lord, 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 please do, Lord, please do this. And so we, we make a couple mistakes there. Now, there's nothing wrong with praying. I love to pray, amen. But when you're praying with God, that should be a conversation. Now, a conversation is talking and listening. So, so many people, we talk to God, but we never listen for his answer. Because if you talk to God and you present something, he'll give you an answer. But what we do is we talk, 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 talk. You know, i got some friends that are like that. Talk, talk. i got a sister like that, man. She calls, and she talks and talks and talks and talks. Sometimes I put the phone down and go get a cup of coffee, come back and go, uh-huh, uh-huh. And I haven't missed anything. It's just, uh-huh, uh-huh. That's the way God, I mean, sometimes we pray and God's going, oh, man, but they just please be quiet. I'm trying to say something to them. You got people like that on the phone? You know what I'm saying? Amen. I get a lot of phone calls, by the way. I decide to give up. I'm going to buy a car warranty. <laughs> I give up. Just buy. I know it's a scam, but, hey, you done call me 288 times. Here, just, just here. Here's my credit card. No, I'm not going to do that. <laughs> Okay, I know you're from India, and you don't speak English, but here, here's my credit card. I trust you. Luke 10, 19. Behold, I've given you authority to tread on serpents and scorpions of all the power of the enemy, and nothing will injure you. God's given you authority. Now, listen, our part, God's part. If God's given you authority to do something, he may not do that because he's told you to do it. So I've given you authority to tread on the work of the enemy. Now, if God has told you to do something, 
he's probably not going to do it because he's waiting for you to do what he's already commanded you to do. Now, I have children. When I give my children a job to do, I'm not going to do it for them. Are you? I, I, I say, son, I told you to take out the trash. He didn't do it. There's no way I'm going to pick up, pick up that trash can and take it out for him because I told him to do it. I gave him the authority to do it. <laughs> I gave him the power to do it. It didn't work so well. But I don't do things for my kids that I've told them to do, and God is the same way with us. So one thing he did was he said, you have been given authority to tread on the devil. you got the devil treading on you. You should be treading on him. What is God's part? What is our part? Well, the first thing is receive the Holy Spirit. Acts 19.2, Paul said to them, did you receive the Holy Spirit when you believed? I'm asking the same question to you. The Bible asked us, did you receive the Holy Spirit when you believed? Only you can answer, answer that. And they said to him, no, we have not heard whether there is a Holy Spirit. So the first thing is, be filled with the Holy Spirit. Amen? Did you receive the Holy Spirit when you believed? And what I'm going to do today is I'm going to pray for the Holy Spirit to come and fill you. If you want to be filled with the Holy Spirit, and if you believe, I'm going to pray for the Holy Spirit to fill you. You say, well, I've already been filled with the Holy Spirit. Well, let's get a, a new filling. Amen? Let's get refilled. The Bible says in Jude, we should be continually filled with the Holy Spirit. The second thing, the Bible says we should submit to God. James 4, 7, submit to God. Now, you heard that scripture. Submit to God, resist the devil, and he'll flee from you. Well, people forget about that first part. Submit to God. That's your part. Submit to God. What does that mean? Surrender your life to God. Trust him. Believe in him. Obey him. Come under his authority. Do what he says to do. Let him be the boss instead of you. That's a submission to God. Amen? Submit to God. Your next part, part one, receive the Holy Spirit. Part two, submit to God. Part three, resist the devil. How do you resist the devil? You tell him to go. <laughs> you do not allow him to come into your house. Husbands, don't allow the devil in your house. If the devil's in your house, you let him in. Get him out. In the name of Jesus, every knee will bow. You've been given authority over snakes and scorpions and all the work of the devil. Authority is no good if you do not exercise it. If you're having trouble in your marriage, rebuke Satan. If you're having trouble in your finances, tell him to let go of your money. If you're having trouble with your children, get him off your children. Get out in the name of Jesus Christ. I rebuke you. I renounce you. In the name of Jesus Christ, let go of my family. In the name of Jesus Christ, get off my daughter. Get off my son. In the name of Jesus Christ, you will not touch my wife. You will not touch her. You will not have my marriage. You will not have my house. You will not have my finances. You will not have my health. I rebuke you. Get out, get out, get out. And you may have to remind him more than one time. This is a commandment. This is our part. I don't like to fight, but we have a battle going on. And if you're not resisting him, he's going to kick your you-know-what. Like, like Alabama playing Ole Miss. It's, it's not it's, it's bad. <laughs> Amen. Y'all pray for me. i got football challenges. <laughs> you know, they told me if I went past the plant, I would disappear. It's like magic. They said the, I would disappear off the camera. So it's like if I go over here, you can't see me. It's like a magic act. I come back here, and I've appeared again. Isn't that cool? They warned me about that. 
I don't think the trick works. Our part is to resist the devil. Our part in Mark 16, 7, these signs will accompany those that believe. Jesus talking here, and Jesus don't lie. In my name, they'll cast out demons. They'll speak with new tongues. If you're a Christian, Jesus said you'll cast out demons. If you're a Christian, Jesus said you will cast out demons, okay? Amen. Get rid of them. Well, how do you know if it's a demon? Well, you pray for discernment. Also, if it's something's happening and it's kind of weird and it's not normal and it keeps happening, if it looks like a duck, if it quacks like a duck, it's probably a duck. Amen? How do you know it's a demon? Well, it's not really hard to figure it out. Why does this keep happening to me? Why is all this stuff? I mean, it happened to my mama. It happened to my daddy. Now it's happening to my children. I don't understand what's going on. Well, perhaps it's a scheme of the enemy to hurt you, to destroy you. Jesus, I, Jesus said, I came to give you abundant life. But the devil came to steal, kill, and destroy. But this is so good. We have authority. This is our part. God's part is to do his job. But he also expects us to do our job. Our part is to be led by the Spirit, Romans 8, 14. For all those who are led by the Spirit of God, these are the sons of God. That's our part. That's our part. How do you get led by the Spirit? Well, the Holy Spirit is leading you. What does it mean to be led? It means you have to know the direction the Holy Spirit's going and follow him. Listen to him. I will tell you what. If you've got a problem, anybody got any problems? I promise you the Holy Spirit will give you an answer. Amen? You're not sure what to do? The Holy Spirit will tell you which way to go. You're not sure what's this, what decision to make? The Holy Spirit will help you make that decision. You're not sure exactly what the problem is? The Holy Spirit will tell you the problem. You're not sure what the answer is? The Holy Spirit will give you the answer. The Holy Spirit will always guide you into good things. But you have to learn how to hear his voice. That's what my book's about. You have to know how to hear his voice, how to recognize his voice, how to tune in to what the Holy Spirit's doing. There's that little conviction. You know, we used to talk growing up about that gut feeling. You know, you get that gut feeling. You ever heard that? I believe with most, all my heart that that gut feeling we get is the Holy Spirit. See, your gut means the center of your being. The Holy Spirit resides in the center of your being. Gut feeling means what's going on inside. What do you, what's your gut feeling? Follow your heart. That's the Holy Spirit leading you. And he will direct you. David never lost, King David never lost a battle. You know why? Because he always asked God what he should do. Now, God would give David instructions, and then David would do his part and do exactly what God told him to do. He'd win every single battle. He never lost a fight because God would tell him what to do, and he would listen. So we're petitioning God. We're praying for God, but we're not listening to God, and we're not doing our part. Our part is to live by faith, and I think I put the wrong scripture up there, but a real important thing. We live by faith, not by sight. What does that mean? Our life is governed by Jesus Christ. I believe that Jesus died on the cross. Do you? I believe that when Jesus died on the cross, he did it for us. Do you believe that? I believe that when he took the sin upon his body, it was my sin he was taken. I believe because of the cross, I've been forgiven of all my sins. I believe because of the cross, I've been justified, I've been redeemed, I've been adopted, I've been saved because of the cross of Jesus. I believe Jesus rose on the third day in victory. And I believe because I'm in Christ, I rose on the third day in victory too. I believe that because I live that. I walk by faith. The Apostle Paul said, this one thing I know is Christ and him crucified. Somebody told a preacher friend of mine, uh, he was telling me last week, he said, you know, I had somebody tell me, I need to, to get off the cross. I, I talk about the cross too much. You cannot talk about the cross too much. 
You cannot talk. We live by what Jesus did. Our life is governed by what Jesus did. You have to have absolute faith that Jesus has accomplished it for you. Jesus died to forgive your sins. Jesus died to make you right with God. Jesus died to give you a ticket to heaven. Jesus died to give you eternal life. Jesus died to make you justified. Jesus died to make you redeemed. Jesus died so you would have power. Jesus died so you could be adopted as a child of God. Jesus died for you. He died so you would be accepted. Jesus died so you'd be redeemed from every curse of the law. Jesus died so you'd be blessed. Jesus died so you'd be above and not beneath. Jesus died for you. Jesus gave you everything he had in exchange. Believe that. That's our part. Without faith, you can't please God. That's our part. Jesus died for you. Live and think and have absolute faith in that. See, that's our part. You see, if you do these things, petition God, listen to God, do what God's told you to take authority where God told you to take authority. Amen. Don't do, if you're trying to do what God, if you're not doing what God's already told you to do, God's just waiting on you. He's just waiting on you. If you do what I'm telling you to do today, there's a cool promise from Jesus. There's a promise from Jesus that I really, really like. Jesus said that my burden is easy and my yoke is light. Amen. In other words, if you do these things, Life's not hard. It's just not hard. It's not hard. And what gets hard is so many times we take on God's job. How do we do that? We get stressed out. You're taking on God's job. He said, cast your burdens upon him. So many times we worry and we're, we're all freaked out and we're in fear. You know, fear is what? An absence of faith. Amen? So when we start doing God's part, you get tired. If you're doing God's job, you are tired and you are burnt out. But if you learn how to submit to God, resist the devil, be led by the Spirit, and live by faith, his yoke is easy, his burden is light. Your life will get a whole lot easier. Your life will get a whole lot better and a lot simpler. That's all you got to do. Your part. Now, the biggest thing is faith. Biggest thing is faith in Jesus. Without faith in Jesus, nothing else matters. But if you're not filled with the Spirit, you're getting your behind kicked. It's like playing for Ole Miss against Alabama. You're getting whooped, amen, if you're not filled with the Holy Spirit and resisting the devil. I'll say this right now. Watching the news is sickening because the media, well, of course, I don't think our nation is quite as bad as the media portrays because the media is so twisted. There's a lot of good people still left in America, amen. There's a lot of patriots left in America. There's a lot of godly people, and I believe the godly people in America far outnumber these weirdos that the media likes to capitalize on. That's the good news. But the bad news is you can see the rise of the Antichrist. The spirit of the Antichrist is running rampant across our nation. And we're being tested. We are being tested. Are you going to live by faith and not by sight? Are you going to take authority and stand up? Are you going to take authority in the name of Jesus Christ? Are you going to submit to God and resist the devil? We need to all be resisting the devil. Because he is hurting our nation. He's hurting our schools. He's hurting our land. We need to resist the devil. And the devil has deceived our leaders. There are a lot of leaders that are completely deceived. We can, these are spirit of deception. The Bible says the God of this world has blinded the eyes of the unbeliever. The God of this world, which is Satan, has blinded the eyes. I see some people that I think inside are actually pretty decent people. They're just blind as a bat. They cannot see what they're doing. Even though it's crazy 
and is obviously stupid and evil, they cannot see it. But you see, when your eyes are open, you see the truth. So we need to rebuke that scheme of the enemy of blind eyes. Pray for our nation. Take authority over the devil. Remember, if you're asking God to do something he's already told you to do, he's probably not going to do it, just like you would do with your own children. So remember, your part and God's part. Your part and God's part. Amen? Amen? Amen. You got that? Okay, well, give him some praise. Amen. Give him praise. Woo-woo-woo. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to pray for you, okay? Because this is a faith thing. I just want to pray for a fresh filling. I want to pray that we'll get, that we'll start walking in authority, amen, that we'll receive the power. One thing the power of the Holy Spirit does, the power of the Holy Spirit is going to give you boldness. When you get, when you get the Holy Spirit, you get bold. You, you'll do things that you just normally wouldn't do, amen? And we need to be abnormal, Right now, we need to be abnormal because we've got an abnormal, supernatural attack upon our lives and upon our nation, and we need to make a stand in the name of Jesus Christ, and it's not being all political. The enemy is the enemy. The enemy is not people. The enemy is Satan deceiving people, and that's who we need to resist and rebuke by submitting to God, being filled with the Spirit, and resist the devil and make him flee from your family, from your marriage, and from our community, and from our nation, and from this church, and you name it, we need to do it. Amen? All right, let's, let's stand, okay? Hallelujah. Shall I sing? Grieve not the Holy Spirit. Lord, I thank you for your word, which cannot return void. Lord, I thank you. You said we shall receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon us. Father, in the name of Jesus Christ, forgive us for not taking authority where you told us to take authority. Father, forgive us for letting the devil step on us because you told us we should submit to you and then resist the devil. So, Father, in the name of Jesus Christ, for everyone who's in agreement, we submit to you, Lord Jesus. We submit our life to you. We submit our marriage to you. We submit our finances to you. We submit our children to you. We submit our business to you. We submit our church to you. We submit to you, Lord. And now, Father, we receive the Holy Spirit. We receive the power of the Holy Spirit, and we resist the devil, and we command him to leave. Get out in the name of Jesus Christ. Holy Spirit, come right now. Holy Spirit, come. Baptize those who need to be baptized with your power. Fill us with your power. Fresh filling with your power. Fresh filling, Holy Spirit. Touch, Father. Touch every person in this room who's willing to receive fresh filling, fresh oil, fresh fire. Father, we choose to receive your Holy Spirit now, fresh anointing. And, Father, we commit that we're going to resist the devil in your name for your glory. Holy Spirit, touch everyone here who's willing to receive. Fall on them now. Fall, Holy Spirit. Fall. Touch them now. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. Amen. If you receive that, just say amen, Lord. Amen. amen. Thank you, folks. Amen.